Tenakoto, Tenakoto, Tenakoto Kato on this beautiful Waitangi weekend. And um, again, I'm just so uh, blessed after what's been an incredible week with the, the open heaven uh, thing. Can I just say thank you to all those who came out? Can we put our hands together, all those who made the effort and on the bus and just came out? I know traffic was crazy and, and there was just a lot of stuff going on, but uh, we got there and you know, I, I've got to say, in all, all honesty, it was one of the m- most stress-free events that we've put together. Just everybody did their part. All the churches, there was no agendas. No one was trying to, well, I'm pastor this or pastor that. We it just like it came together like clockwork. Everyone did their uh, uh, job. My only stressful moment, uh, and it was was when I turned around when it started, and 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 all that balcony was empty, and so I thought, oh no, oh no. We, we haven't filled it. And then it was because they hadn't opened the doors upstairs. And so then they opened it within a couple of minutes. It was full. I was like, oh, my goodness. Because everywhere else around the country, like Aaron said, 15,000 uh, people all together. Well, 1,947 people uh, filled it. So we know the exact number uh, that was uh, there. So thank you for coming, taking the time. Uh, to pray, but I can just tell you this: that event would not happen if it wasn't for the amazing Natalie Griffin, who put it all together. Can we thank her? Who made it happen? Uh, Anita and I, and Anita's on her way. She's coming back from Christchurch, but uh, but but she made it happen. She just makes us look good. We just get up there. I just go. I mean, we literally didn't have a meeting before in the terms of what was going to happen because the traffic was bad, and so we literally were going, "Oh Lord, help me, Jesus," because it was about Jesus anyway. It was not, and I had to go. This is not a conference. This is a prayer meeting. Let's pray. And uh, so it was good. Thank you so much for. Um, supporting it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You know it off by heart. In the beginning, God. And we've been talking about with all that is changing in the world, we want to begin 2021 with that which does not. God does not change. Malachi 3, verse 6. For I am the Lord and I change not. Our circumstances may change, but our circumstances never change God. Nothing created can change the creator and and God his nature his attributes his character no change is possible he's perfectly perfect he's constantly constant and we're doing this series because when we understand who God is it helps us better understand who we are in him and so we've seen God is eternal, God is all-present, God is all-knowing, God is all-powerful, God is sovereign. And last week we began and we're going to continue, God is holy. And there's no doubt that the holiness of God is the most prominent of all God's divine attributes. It's the most, without, without doubt, the most prominent of all God's divine attributes, of all the divine aspects of God's nature and uh, character, of, of all of them, of, you know, the shepherd, the provider, the uh, love of all of God's divine attributes, that, 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 it, that it is holiness, that the creatures around the throne, which is, we sung it, it was, I mean, we were basically singing scripture right there. Out of all the attributes of God, that they would choose to declare 24-7, they would never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holiness is not something God has, it's something He is. It's His essence. 
Aidan Wilson Tozer, uh, who some of you will know as A.W. Tozer. He was an American pastor and a self-taught theologian and a fearless preacher. I think many of you would have read his books over the years. If you've been a Christian while, it's very hard not to come across his uh, material. But he was a gifted writer, but he spent a lot of time talking about the inner life of the believer, how, how, the, how God works on the inside. In fact, he was called a modern-day prophet by many. He was born in 1897 and died in 1963. A.W. Tozer said this, holy is the way God is. To be holy, he does not conform to a standard. He is the standard. Reformed theologian R.C. Sparrow says this, His love is holy. His justice is a holy justice. His mercy is a holy mercy. His knowledge is a holy knowledge. And his spirit is a holy spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. God alone, my friends, is holy, holy, holy. Yet, uh, the God of Scripture, the one who is holy, asks those who call themselves followers of Christ, who call themselves disciples. He asks, the same God asks those whom he calls to be holy. Leviticus says, speak to all the congregation, to the sons of Israel, and say to them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Again, it's repeated in the New Testament, 1 Peter 1.16, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And this is important that we, we understand this. It's important that we we. We let this seek in because Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, Without holiness, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You, 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 can't, you can't see him. He's an unapproachable light. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so what does that mean for us as believers? What does that mean for us as followers of Christ? I want to look at two questions today. There could be more, but I only want to look at two. And that is number one, what is holiness? And number two, how to be holy. So number one, what is holiness? When people think of being holy, they often think of it as being good or pure. Or, but, 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 but good, we, we talk about people. Who do they think they are? They think they're holier than thou. It means they're be, do they think they're better than so, so, so sometimes when we think of holiness, we think of it as being good. Someone who is good. Certainly if you're trying to be holy, you're trying to be good. You're certainly not trying to be naughty. Can I hear an amen on that? I mean, you, 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 you want to be, be good. But in Hebrew of the Old Testament, the root word for holy is the word kodosh. And in the Greek, of the New Testament, it is the word hagios, not haggis from Scotland, but hagios. And I'm not sure if I pronounced it right. I'm not a Greek scholar, but that's what it is. But they are basically translated to the word holy. And they basically mean, and here's the meaning, which uh, again, there, there, there's, there's more to say, but in the 30 minutes that we have today, I want to really break it down to its core. But the word holy means set apart. To be holy is to be set apart. Theologian Henry C. Thiessen said this, God is holy means that he is absolutely separate from and exalted above all creatures and creation, and he is entirely separate from all moral evil 
and sin. Now, in Scripture, when you read it, it's not hard to see. You can, you know, as you read the Bible, it's all, all throughout the Bible. But when you read Scripture, you'll see that many things that were to do with God were set apart. They were set apart not just from something, but for something. And we can see that with, first of all, days and seasons. Days and seasons were set apart. There were Jewish festivals, special special days, the Day of Atonement, the, the, the special days that were set apart, called holy. And of course, we cannot forget the Sabbath, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by what? Keeping it holy. Keeping it holy. And of course, even today, we have just had, we, we still get our, some of our words from that. Even we've just had our Christmas holy days. And so even in modern times, that still comes through in the language we speak. So days and seasons, places, houses, fields were set apart, sanctified, made, made holy. Next in chapter 3, verse 5, you'll know this. God spoke to Moses and said, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. The priests, of course, who ministered in the temple day and night, the priests were, were set apart, sanctified, made holy. The Levites, here's what it says in number 8, verse 14. It says, you are to set the Levites apart from the other Israelites and the Levites will be Mine. They were there for the work of the Lord. They were set apart for the work of the Lord. The temple, the tabernacle, was set apart, sanctified, consecrated, made, made holy. Set apart for what? For a specific purpose. What was that specific purpose? That God may dwell and that God may fill His temple. And so it was set apart. It was a holy place. Where did God reside in the temple? And still today, you can go to Jerusalem. They'll stand near the Wailing Wall, the closest part to what was called the Holy of Holies or the most holy place because that's where God can dwell. And so even the temple and the tabernacle, the tabernacle just means tent, the place where, where God pitches his tent, where he lives. That was set apart, sanctified, made, made holy. So to be holy, and of course you could stretch us out and say it has this angle and that, but, but in, in, in its basic meaning, it means to be set apart. So question number two, how to be holy? How to be holy? How, come on, how, how, do, I, how do I be holy? Holy, how do I walk as a believer, as a follower of Christ, as a disciple, someone who wants to please God with my life? How do I walk holy? I mean, there's lots of different thinking out there. There's lots of different thoughts out there in the church worldwide. But how do we do that? There's no doubt the response has been many and varied over the past couple of thousand years of church History For some, over the centuries, uh, when it came to being, being set apart, of course, for some, it, it was, I, I'm going to become a monk. 
and I'm going to move. I, I need to be a, a, apart from the world, and so I'm going to become a monk, and I'll go and live in a monastery where I'm set apart from all the evil in the world. Or, or uh, you, you might be a monk or a nun. And for those who, who that's not their flavor, they're going, I couldn't do that. I'll have none of that. Oh. Just tried it. Yeah, worked in the 8 a.m. But, but, but for those who are saying, look, I just couldn't do that. What, what, what do we do? Well, I, I can't be a nun. I can't be a priest, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and be good. I'm going to try and live by the Ten Commandments. I'm going to try and do the right thing. I'm going to try and, you know, be a uh, good person. I'm, I, I'm not going to sin. I'm going to try and keep the Ten Commandments. I want to keep God's law. And then, of course, if you break God's law, there, 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 there are some traditions that if you do mess up, you need to pay. And pay big. You have to do what's called penance. And so what is penance? Well, I looked up in the dictionary definition, and there's a lot of definitions there. Listen, this is what penance is. Self-punishment. Don't tell me you haven't done it. Don't tell me you haven't sat there and beat yourself up. Don't tell me you haven't gone through something and mucked up and said, I am just so dumb. If you haven't, maybe I'm the only one who's a little bit crazy in here. Self-punishment, self-abasement, reparation, amends, penalty, punishment, to be sorry. Listen, listen, this is what also penance means. It means to, make, to atone, make amends, atonement, to atone, to redeem. Listen, to redeem oneself. It's like, I've got to redeem myself. I've got to get right again with God. I'm, I, I, I fall short. I need to get right with Him. I need to redeem myself. Pay the penalty. Pay recompense. Pay the price. The word penance comes from the same root word from which we get repentance. We also get words like penitentiary, which is where people who do bad things get locked up and, and, and pay the price and do the punishment do the time for the crime. And of course, I'm not saying we don't need to do that. If we muck up, we need to say sorry. Of course we, of course we do. If we, if we hurt someone, we need to get that right. I'm not saying that. But, but here's the problem. The problem is with, with, with living like that, doing penance. And I want to tell you, I'm hoping today will set some people free because some of you are doing it all the time. Some of you are trying to, oh man, I mucked up. Oh man, I've got to. Oh, no, God doesn't like you. He liked me yesterday. He doesn't like me today. I'm hoping this will help you today. See, the problem is, according to Scripture, none of that. Your penance, you can crawl across broken glass on your knees, on your tummy. You can do all of that. But the problem is, according to Scripture, none of that can make you holy. Sorry. <laughs> For those who crawl across broken glass on your knees, Sorry. But the problem is, according to Scripture, none of that. And you can see that in other religions where they'll climb the highest mountain, crawling up on their knees, trying to earn their way back. Sorry. None of that will make you holy. According to Scripture. None of that will make you holy in the eyes of God. No amount of self-abasement, no amount of penance 
can make you right before God. Listen, because the Bible says already, you know, Romans 3 verse 10, there is no one righteous. No, not even one. No one. Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All in the Greek means all. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you too. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. It's not what we do, it's who we are. Oh, I just want to keep, do right, keep God's law. Well, let's look at God's law, the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Anybody done that here? I want to admit it over the years of their life. I mean, who can, who can, who can say that they've never done that? Who can never say they never cussed like that? Nobody. Let's keep going. Let's move on because that was awkward. <laughs> Remember the Sabbath day to keep it. A holy honor, your father and your mother. There's a good one. Yeah. Sorry, mum and dad. That's <laughs> just a, for all that I've done. But again, I, I don't think there's anyone in this room who hasn't said or thought something. Just saying, when we, we try to live God's law, I mean, we all fall short. You should not murder. Anyone murdered anybody here to her? <laughs> Security, remove them. I mean, no one's going to, hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hopefully, no one's going to put their hand up and say, oh, yeah, I did. Thank you, Jesus. But of course, then we can go, oh, there's one I did. But no, no, no. Then, then we're going to remember what Jesus said, right? Jesus took it up a notch. People think the Old Testament, oh, that was tough. No, I'll tell you, the New Testament, Jesus takes it up a notch. Look, look, look what he said. He said in Matthew 5, verse 21, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry, anybody being angry? No one gets out today. No one gets off. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, I haven't said that is answerable to the court. But anyone says you fool, oh, I've probably said that, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Jesus said that. We, we all fall short. What about adultery? You shall not commit adultery. Jesus said what? You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman or a man lustfully has already committed adultery with her or him in their heart, there isn't one person in this room who could say, not me, Pastor. Because lying is a sin too. Come on, how many know, how many know that? There's, there's not, there's not, I know there's some people getting real awkward right now. But, but, but the thing is, this is the truth. If we would take a movie and play it of your, your thoughts, maybe even over the last 24 hours. It would be an R18, I'm just telling you. The kids would have to send the kids out. See, somebody's already going. It's just, it's, it's like, it's just, it's, it's, that's how we, we are, right? That, that's what, what it's like. Jesus lifted the bar. So all of us, that's just making us aware. So what does the law do? The law makes us aware that we fall short. What does the law, it's, it's like when you're driving down the road. I did it yesterday. I've got to be honest. I did it yesterday. I'm driving down the road. I'm on my Harley and I'm driving on the left-hand side. I'm overtaking the cars down at Plymouthton. I spot a police car up the front. What do I do? <laughs> Pull into the back and just start 
obeying the road rules. Why? Because I saw the law and the law made me aware I was being a naughty boy. <laughs> and so that's what the law does. The law makes us aware or conscious of our wrong doing. Romans 3 verse 20, for no person will be justified. This is from the Amplified, which like blows everything up to like, this is what a maximum means. I'm very expressive today. Romans 3 verse 24, no person will be justified, freed of guilt, and declared righteous or made holy in his sight by trying to do the works of the law. For though the law, for through the law, we become conscious, aware Conscious of sin and the recognition of sin directs us towards repentance, but listen, provides no remedy for sin. There's no answer for it. it. Just it makes us aware that I am a sinner. I fall short. So the question is, how do we live holy then? How can we live a holy life, a life that is uh, pleasing to God, how do I get holy? If I've got to get holy, if, if he's telling me be holy as I, as I am holy, how do I get holy? What do I have to do? And at this point, I, I would say this, if you've been, well, I hope if you've been in this church for a while, that you should be already in your mind answering that question. You should be able to answer that question. I, I, I'm hoping that some of you are going in your mind uh, Pastor Adam, it's never been about what I can do. It's always about what he has done. It's not about what I can achieve. It's what he has achieved. That, that, that is what the message is. I hope, hope you're already saying, because I, I tell you, Sunday, every Sunday, pretty much, I'm somehow in some way bringing that message. I'll stand up here at an altar call and say, it's not about how bad you are. It's about how good he is. And so I'm praying right now that even this would open your spirit to another level or another layer of the goodness of God. So I'm praying, if you've been here for a while, that's what you're thinking. You know it, it's my favorite scripture. I, 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 always, I, I must do it a hundred times a year. For he has made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for you, for me. That we might become what? The righteousness, the holiness of God in Him. In Him. In Him. Oh, there's no other way, my friend. In Him. You can't do it yourself. And my prayer today is that you would understand this, that, there, that, that maybe scales would fall off eyes, that you, you, you would get a revelation today. See, Israel struggled with this. Romans chapter 10, verse three, it says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness or God's holiness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, that they, they, they did not submit themselves to the righteousness that came from God. And they tried to do it themselves. So many believers are trying to do it themselves. I just feel I need to do this. I just feel I need to pray more. I just feel, now, now, Praying is good, but not if you're trying to earn or become holy through doing that. It won't, it won't work, my friend. Fasting is good, but not to achieve holiness. It is out of a love for him that we 
fast. It is out of a love for him that we serve, not to attain holiness. One of these things, or quotes I've said over the years, which I think is so good, but, but sort of summarize it as this, holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. In other words, it's not about, and so many Christians, I meet, I meet them, are trying to, oh man, I messed up yesterday, so now I'm trying to get back and be holy. I've got to reach that, and I've got to get over there. I'm trying to be holy till I can get to Christ. Friend, friend, holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. It's about accepting what Christ has done on the cross for you, his atoning salvation work. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. Accepting his atoning work is how we live holy. I want to read a portion of Scripture. It's a big portion, but I want, I, I, I want it to sink in. But before I do that, look, here, I just saw this quote by Kenneth F. W. Pryor. This, this is powerful. He says, holiness is not only commanded by God's law, but it is made available to men by His grace. Isn't that cool? So God does not only say, I want you to be holy. He then provides a way for you to be holy. Oh, I don't know about you, but that's some good news right there. So He says, be holy, but then He gives us a way to be holy. Now listen to the Scripture, Colossians chapter 1. I encourage you, read it all this week. Get it into your spirit. It says, for God was pleased to have all the fullness, all his fullness dwell in him. Speaking of Christ. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then it says this, verse 21. Once you were, everybody say were. This is not how you are now. If you are a follower of Christ, once you were. That's how you were. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. That's how you were. When you didn't know him, that's how you were. I hope you get this. But now, thank you, Jesus. But now, turn to your neighbor and say, but now. But now he has reconciled you. You can't do it. Stop trying. Accept what Christ has done. Believe what has been accomplished on the cross of Calvary. Believe what the Bible is saying. Oh, I don't feel it. Oh, I don't feel saved. I don't feel it. Listen, as Ben Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. I'm just telling you, I'm just preaching the Word of God right now. I'm reading the Word of God. Will somebody believe the Word of God, what it actually says? Come on, give them some praise in this place. Oh, I, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying you don't walk out of here today. I pray you float out of here today. Because this, is, this has the, the power to set you free. Some of you are carrying stuff you shouldn't be carrying. You gave it to Jesus and then you picked it up again. Listen to the Word of God. This is the Bible. It's not your pastor saying it to make you feel better. This is the Word of God. This is the Gospel. 
It says, but now he has reconciled you. How? By Christ's physical body through death. Listen, to present you. To present you. Oh, get this in your spirit. To present you, what? Holy. Oh, stop trying. He presents you holy. Nothing you can do. He's done it. To present you holy in his sight. Listen, without blemish and free from accusation. Oh, the world might come and say, well, what type of Christian are you and what type of, but I, when you, I want to tell you, when you're standing in him, he, he, he presents you before God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God and you can stand before him. No blemish. No one can accuse you because it's got nothing to do with you. You're holy. No one can say you're not holy. Look, it's not my holiness. It's his holiness. He's presenting me. He's done it. I trust in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Free from accusation. And it says if, a little condition, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and not, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a ser uh, servant. I said last week on the cross, Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And I want to tell you, there is nothing to add to what God has finished. When you try to establish your own holiness, when you try and establish and say, oh, I've got to just do this. I need to pray more. I mean, it can even look spiritual. It even, we even sometimes applaud it going, oh, look, they're really, you know, again, but can I, can I just be honest? Can I use a really strong word? You're just mocking God. Because what you're doing is you're saying, your sacrifice is not enough. Jesus wasn't joking when he said it is finished. No, 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 no mate, you've got to do a little bit more. No, no. When he said it's finished, it's done, it's finished. What God has finished is finished. And so there is nothing you can do. And I tell you, when you try and add to what God has done, all you're doing is being like Israel in Romans 10. You're ignorant of God's righteousness. I'm just telling you, you're no longer ignorant today. You understand, no, God has done this for me. God has given me this grace. I don't deserve it. I muck up all the time. I don't deserve it. Couldn't earn it. God's done it. Our job is to believe that which he has done for us. I think I'm going to get saved today. <laughs> so what does it mean? It means that when we talk about holiness, like Paul, we can't boast. We can't say, well, I'm such a good person. I'm such a this, I'm such a that. We can't boast. There's nothing we can boast about. Why? Because it's all, that, it's all of God, nothing of me. And we're trusting Him. We've done nothing. We've added nothing. It's Christ and Christ alone. Romans 3, but now He has reconciled you. You should, you should memorize that. You should write that down. You should write it on your palm. You should write it. And you know, you should put it on your computer screen. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. So how do I apply this in my everyday life? And I'm going to go fast now. Last year we talked about 
justification and sanctification. We said justification is a legal term. Sanctification is a temple term. Justification is a legal term. Justified, if we're justified or made right, uh, it is our legal position in Him. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. When we're in Him, that is our legal position. We're made right. We're made holy. Sanctification is a temple term. Sanctification, and here's the thing I want you to catch here. Sanctification in Hebrew and in Greek also means to be set apart. So justification is what? Justification is us in Him. Sanctification is Him in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Not ourselves. Not we, what we can do. Christ in us is the hope of glory. So sanctification is Christ working in us, helping us to become experientially what we already are positionally, legally in Him. It's helping us to become inexperienced what He has already made us through the cross. My friend Anon said, He who gave His image to us must of necessity wish to see His image in us. So what does that mean? It means when I muck up and I don't, don't do well, uh, when I'm trying to be holy and I, I want to try and do penance and get my holiness back, I, I need to stop that. Because I understand now that I'm in Him. Because that'll just make you tired. Doing that just wears people out. They get tired. They can't do it. And then you'll give up on credit because I'm trying to obey all the rules. It's not about rules. It's about relationship. And I want to please Him. And so I understand that I'm in Him and He's in me. And, and He is my holiness. He is my righteousness. And so when I muck up, uh, muck up I, uh, I understand God convicts me and He's working in me, but not, not to condemn me. I, I already understand I'm, I'm fighting that battle from a position of victory because I'm already in Him. And so I, I, I don't get all condemned about it. Why? Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is none. I'm not doing it in my own strength. I'm trusting in Him, His work. And so I'm just allowing God to work in me and work in me and keep developing me and keep changing me. He's got a lot of work to do. And all of us, how many know God isn't finished with us yet? <laughs> He's our holiness. J.W.C. one said this, Holiness is not the laborious acquisition of virtue from without, but the expression of Christ's life from within. So because of Christ, we can be a set-apart people today, a holy people. And understand, when I say a set-apart people, I'm not saying set-apart from something. I'm saying you're set-apart for something, for a purpose. And here's what I'll close with. We saw in the Old Testament the priests were set apart for the purpose of ministry to God, set apart, made holy. We saw the temple was set apart by God, made holy, consecrated, sanctified, set apart, made holy. That's important because in the New Testament, you are the priests. In the New Testament, you are the temple. First Peter 2 verse 9, nearly finished. 
but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. King James Version says, royal priests, you're royal priests. A holy nation, God's special position that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. You are God's temple. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Do you not know? Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? For God's temple is holy and you, you are that temple. So we're not to be set apart from, we're to be set apart for. For what? To declare the praises of Him who's brought us out of darkness into His wonderful light. That we're to be the tabernacle the tent where God resides in us. That's why we should watch our temple and create a place where there can be the holy of holies, where God can reside in our lives. This is what it means to walk in holiness. That you would live in Him and He in you, holy, reconciled through His work on the cross that He would live in us and us in Him the hope of glory the hope of glory would you bow your heads Lord I thank you for every single person on the sound of my voice today we afresh commit our lives to you for those who are striving and trying to do it in their own strength, today cease it. We trust in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And from a position of victory, we live out the life that you have given. Life in all its fullness. We thank you that you paid the price so we can stand righteous before you. No man can boast. Our boast is in Christ and the cross. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you stand please? I I pray this has helped you today. I pray it helps you live different. Think different. Stop getting tired trying to do rules. Trust in the grace of God that's available to you. Put your hands out like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, that was pretty good. Would you like to buy me a coffee?